0: What up, what up? It's your girl, Imani Mont, and you're listening to The Real, The Raw, The Uncut. So listen, today we are doing I Am Recovery, Bill's story continued. So take a seat, man, grab your coffee, your tea, your water, whatever it may be, and enjoy the listening if you are just tuning in with us last time we w- we were in bill's story um we stopped at bill's friend coming to see him and um telling him how he had found religion and how he was sober this was an uh, an astonishing It was like, it it blew Bill's mind to see somebody who he had been drinking with for so many years show up at his door sober and glowing. So, we're going to continue from there. And I read. He had come to pass his experience along to me. If... I cared to have it. I was shocked, but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. He talked for hours. Childhood memories rose before me. I could almost hear the sound of the preacher's voice as I sat on still Sundays way over there on the hillside there was that preferred temperance pledge i never signed my grandfather's good-natured my grandfather's good-natured contempt of some church folk and their doings his insistence that the spares really had their music but his denial of the preacher's right to tell him how he must listen, his fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died. These recollections welled up from the past. They made me swallow hard. That wartime day in old Winchester, Catterall came back again. I had always believed in the power greater than myself, I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist, few people really are, for that means blind faith in the strange proposition that the universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. My intellectual heroes, the chemists, the Astronomers, even the evolutionists, suggested vast laws and forces at work. Despite contrary in- indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlie all. How could there be so much of precise and immutable law and no intelligence? I simply had to believe in a spirit of the universe, who knew neither time nor limitation. But that was as far as I had gone. With ministers in the world's religion, I parted right there. When they talked of a God personal to me, who was love, superhuman strength, and direction, I became irritated, and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. To Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him, his moral teaching most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult, convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chineries, C-H-I-C-A-N-E-R-Y, that religious dispute had facilitated, made me sick. I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. Judging from what I had seen in Europe, and since the power of God in human affairs was negligible, The brotherhood of man, a grim test, a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universe, and he certainly had me. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and this was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly recognized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the visage of my old pre- prejustice. The word God still arose a certain em- antipathy. Empathy. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such concepts as creative intelligence, universal mind or spirit of nature, but I resisted the thought of a Caesar of the heavens. However, loving his way might be. However loving his sway might be, I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. My friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Thus was was I convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. At long last I saw, I felt, I believed. Scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. A new world came into view. The real significance of my experience in cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself, and so it had been ever since. How blind I had been. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremors, tremens. Delirium tremens. There I humbly offered myself To God As I then understood him To do with me as he would I placed myself unrever- Unreservedly Under his care and direction I admitted for the first Time that Of myself, I was nothing, that without him, I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. My schoolmate visited me and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had heard and toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems, as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my unusefulness to others. Then only might I accept to receive, then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Simple, but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was such. So sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I was still sane. He listened in, wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head, saying, something has happened to you and I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were the good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences he knows that they are real while i lay in the hospital the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics Who might be glad to have what I had been so freely given me? Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. My friend had empathized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these these principles in all my affairs. Particularly, was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me? Faith without works was dead he said. And how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the ideal of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associate remained skeptical for a year and a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all measures failed, work with other alcoholics would save the day. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough doing. We commenced to make many fast friends and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which it is a wonderful thing to feel apart the joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I have seen men come out of aliens and resume a ritual and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. Business and professional men have regained their standing. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one Western city and its environs, there are 1,000 of us in our families. We meet frequently so that, our, so that the newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these informal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. An alcoholic in his cup is an unloving person creature our struggles with them are variously strenuous comic and tragic one poor cap committed suicide in my home he could not or would not see our way of life there is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity, But just underneath, there is deadly earnesty, earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friends, simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Bill W., co-founder of AA, died January 24, 19. Seventy-one. That, my friends, is Bill's story. Stay tuned, you guys, and we will be reading. There is a solution on our next segment. That's right. We'll be reading chapter two. There is a solution. Remember, this is your girl, money Mont, and you're listening to The Real, The Raw, The Un- cut